welcome to Real Estate Explained, the podcast where we simplify the often complex world of real estate. Whether you're a first-time home buyer, a seasoned investor, or simply curious about the industry, we've got you covered. Join us as we explore the ins and outs of buying, selling, and investing in real estate and learn from industry experts along the way. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of Real Estate Explained. I am your host, Michael Kahn's, and I am joined today with the man, the myth, the legend, the co-host of the century, Mr. Joseph Carino Pace. How are you, Joe? I am doing great, and I think that introduction should stick because I like that. So thank you very much, Mike. <laughs> I appreciate that. Having a great day on this Friday. So it's oh, beautiful weather, right? It's kind of I got nice. out. I got to do some showings. I had to got to run some errands and. Yeah. Uh, just warm weather just brings out the happiness in me, yep. well, doesn't it? It does, it does, it, except it also brings out my allergies, so I'm, <laughs> if you can hear my voice in my eyes, or if you see my eyes there, I'm a little red, I had to, had to take some Zyrtec this morning, my eyes are killing me. Brutal. I know. It, it, it does get brutal, but I'll take yep. it any day of the week over <laughs> those 30 degree, 20 degree, 10 degree days uh, that we had over the winter I would agree. with no snow or anything, but... To uh, jump right into this, uh, we have a wonderful guest with us today. I'd like to uh, introduce a friend of mine, somebody I've known for uh, several years now. Uh, his name is Jesse, Jesse Lunin Pack of Lunin Pack Group Financial Group. Is Am I saying Lunin, that right? Lunin Pack Financial Group, yeah. Lunin Pack Financial Group. Jesse is uh, coming uh, to chat with us today. Uh, Basically to cover a whole bunch of topics, uh, but specifically we want to dive into a question that we've been getting asked a lot by our clients, and that is, is right now a good time to buy a house? Uh, there's a lot of questions circulating around the economy, around home prices. We know they've gone up dramatically. Um, we know that interest rates have, have jumped. Uh, you know, there's talks of recession. Everybody's talking about the market and specifically the housing market. Um, and we're here to just have a conversation about what buying a house in today's world looks like and what are things that you should be thinking about as you're making that uh, very important decision. So, uh, Jesse, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your group, and, uh, you know, what sort of experience you have in the financial planning industry, uh, and let's get us started. Sure. So um, I'm an independent financial advisor. Uh, I am affiliated with an independent broker-dealer called Woodbury Financial Services. So all of my securities business goes through uh, Woodbury. And, uh, you know, as such, I want to just be very clear that uh, what I'm here to do today is to uh, be educational. I am not offering any specific financial advice to you guys or any of your clients today. Um, but I am really looking forward to this conversation. Uh, I've been in uh, this particular part of the business since uh, 2006. I got my MBA from New York University back in 2001. Um, so I've been uh, in and around the uh, financial services world uh, for a couple of decades now. Uh, and uh, of course, uh, I grew up in uh, on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, uh, where everybody's favorite pastime on Sunday afternoons was going to open houses and uh, seeing <laughs> what kind is, of isn't it, it? <laughs> it, it uh, probably is. Actually, you know, there's a, a New York Times article from uh, the late '90s where they talked about the people who just go to open houses, uh, you know, as a sport. Uh, and there's a <laughs> 
picture of me uh, in my late 20s uh, as one of the people who the reporter kept seeing at open houses oh, all the time. You're kidding. Uh, nope. I, I, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. So I've been following the real estate world for a while, too. Oh, yeah. And it's we, fun. And, and I, uh, I every time we get together and talk real estate, I love it. I feel like I learn a little bit more, um, and uh, our conversations are, are, are always robust, whether it's just – you know, buying a first uh, your first home or an investment property or selling the the mechanics and the and the economical uh, the economic factors that go into that. Um, there's so much to consider, and 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 I've always appreciated our conversations. So uh, I, I know that our audience today is going to uh, really enjoy um, listening to us as well. So. With that in mind, thank you and welcome, welcome to the show. Uh, you know, let's let's hop right to right into it. You know, we've got that question right: Is now a good time to buy? And 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 obviously, we often you know have a stigma about us as realtors. We are uh, salespeople, right? We want to get to the closing table, which, by the way, is not true for one Team Banks member uh, that that I'm aware of. Anybody on our team, we really want our clients to be in a good position financially, emotionally, mentally. We want our clients to be happy, whether that means buying a house or not. Uh, that's not our primary motivation. Obviously, we get paid when people buy houses or sell houses. But I have always ran my business and we always have run our business as a, as a team that it's so much more important that our clients feel um, not just uh, heard, but appreciated and respected. And I'd much rather them uh, think of me as somebody that had their back and, and know that I have their best interest in mind and not the closing table. Most of our business comes from referrals. The vast majority of our business comes from referrals. And we believe that we've built that because we really do care about our clients. So with that in mind, um, you know, in your opinion, when we think about buying a home, and I know this is a loaded question, and let's just unpack it. What are some of the factors that somebody should be considering? Because I know I can't ask you, is now a good time to buy a home? The answer is it depends, right? It, it absolutely <laughs> is. The answer is going to be it depends. It depends on the individual circumstance of the client and the person who is considering buying a home. And yeah, go ahead. So, so let's so so let's unpack some of those things, right? So, what are some things uh, that you would recommend somebody? You, you know, if somebody's considering buying their first home, let's leave off the table selling you know, upsizing, downsizing, that gets into a whole nother level of, you know, well, what is your old interest rate and what is this? And, and I, you know, what's your family situation? There's, there's a whole lot of other stuff to unpack there, but somebody's buying their first home, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they've been excited, uh, they've been saving up, and now they're considering getting into the market and all they see on CNN and Fox and NBC and their uncle is telling them and you know their friends are telling everybody's telling them oh my god this market is crazy and they're having a ton of anxiety what are you advising that person to start thinking about looking at and considering whether it's not a good time for them to buy a home well the first thing I'm advising them to do is to sit down and take a deep breath <laughs> because the first time you buy a home, almost by definition, that's going to be the largest check that you've ever written in your life. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really, really intimidating. Um, so yeah. the first thing you got to do is sit down, take a deep breath, 
and recognize that this is a rite of passage that most people go through at some point. Um, and you want to surround yourself by the people who are going to help you stay comfortable through that process, whether that's your, uh, your real estate salesperson and broker, uh, your mortgage broker, your closing attorney, all of these people are there to make it as easy as possible for you. Um, and you got to find a team that you trust so that you're comfortable doing that. Right. So glad Agreed. you said that. Yeah. <laughs> we say that all the time. And it's so true. Really, it's finding that balance and finding that team to help guide you through the process. Mm -hmm. So important. Excellent. And then the, the next thing I'm going to say is you, you really need to take stock of your life and why it is you want to buy this first home. Right. If you're buying the first home because everyone's always told you that you need to own your home and renting is just throwing away money. And we can delve into that later too, if you want to. Yeah. Um, that's not necessarily a great reason to be buying a home, right? So the first thing you want to is how long am I going to own this home for, right? If you know, because your you or your spouse or partner is finishing up uh, their degree somewhere and they're going to have to move for a job. So you know that you're leaving town in two years. Um, you may not want to buy that home, even if it's always been a financial goal of yours to own your own home. Um, most people finance their first home with a 30 year mortgage. Yep. Now you guys know as well as I do, the average person actually owns a home for only somewhere around seven years. Yep. So few people actually buy something and live there for 30 years and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But if you're know you're going to move in two to three years, um, you're going to get killed by the friction of those transactions. And, you know, and, and you guys sure. are some of that friction, right? The, the real estate well, brokerage commissions, the closing costs, the lawyers, the everything that goes into it. Yep. Um, so you gotta, you gotta really know why is it that I'm buying this home? Am I putting down roots here? Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Even in a non-volatile time or uh, questionable time like we're in, uh, I've always advised if you're not planning on being in your home for at least three years, consider renting, right? Consider mm -hmm. renting as an option. Everybody's got their own path to walk, but, you know, just like you said, the closing costs, the transfer tax, the this, the, all of the energy that goes into selling a home and buying a home you know, the, the mortgage tax, right? It, it all adds up. It, it's going to be very hard to break even in such a short period of time, right? You need to build equity. You're, you're, the home value has to go up. You know, you have to pay off some of that mortgage before you're not going to, you know, otherwise you, you've run a very high risk of not breaking even. So, no, I, I think that's great advice in, in just about any market. This one specifically, right? Because nobody knows, if you're looking at it from an investment standpoint, nobody knows if the housing market is going to continue to go up or go down. We can talk about supply and demand. We could talk about economics. We could talk about the Federal Reserve. We can talk about all of these factors. But at the end of the day, there's not a single person out there. It, it's a lot like golf, right? The only guaranteed shot is the one you just took. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was told that a long time ago, <laughs> you know, uh, when I tried saying that putt was a give me. And, and they were like, no, man, no, no that's no, not that's a gimme. Yeah, that's not, yeah. You don't know that it's going in. The only guaranteed shot you have is the one you just took. So make that putt. And, 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 and I missed. Oh, remind I, me and not I, to play golf with you. And I, oh, I missed <laughs> that putt. No, I, it's, I'm, I was the one that was trying to get away with it. But uh, same, I think, is true for the market. Obviously, the people that um, have their predictions come to fruition will 
you know, pound their chest and say, see, I was right. Um, but nobody knows. Right. right. And, and time is a great, you know, multiplier in, in all investments that you're talking about, whether it's buying a home, whether it's, uh, you know, a financial investment, you know, people can quote to you day in, day out what the average return of an asset has been over time. Right. Um, that's an average. Yeah. Assets are volatile in their pricing. So some things are very volatile. The stock market is very volatile. Um, some things are less volatile. Real estate tends to be less volatile. That doesn't mean that it doesn't go up and down, but it does end on an average. But in order to get that average, you have to hold something for a long time. The shorter the time frame that you hold it, the larger the chance is that you might own it during that time when it's going down in value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so again, if, if, you're, if you're buying something with the intention of owning it for a long time, you can view that as an investment and you get that power of the, the economic engine of the United States growing as a, a tailwind behind you. And that's a great thing. If you're buying something and you're thinking you're going to flip it in a year or two, either because that's how you want to make your money or because you just know you're going to have to move, um, that's a speculation mm-hmm. on where the market's going in the short term. And and you can lose money that way. So is there, a, is there an average time period that someone should, before they should really start considering selling or making a big change like that? You're saying, you know, that on average, I mean, what do you think that average is? In, in terms of how long you might want to plan on living? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think the average right now, people are holding their homes for seven years and they're out, mm-hmm. you know? Um, is that is that good financial advice or thoughts or recommendations? I mean, it's hard to really, I don't want to say too specific, but you know, obviously. So again, I'm, I'm hesitant to make specific, you know, financial (laughs) recommendations on the show here today. Sure. Um, You know, I I can certainly tell you that, you know, two or three years is too short. Um, You know, seven is certainly, you know, I've heard that number thrown around a lot that seven years is the average amount of time that someone stays in, uh, in a home, Um, you know, in in the financial markets, you know, we look at anything, you know, to to call something long term, you're looking at 10 years or more. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and you know, short term is probably four to five years or less. Right. Um, seven sort of right in the middle. It's that is really it, yeah. odd spot, right? It's not really long term, but it's also not short term. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to say, right? Cause you don't really know what right. you're going to be doing seven years from now. If you'd had seven years ago, I was living on Long Island by the beach and I thought I was going to be there for the rest of my life. Now I've been in the Hudson Valley for, for four years, right. no, almost five years. And I absolutely love it here. And I think I'm going to spend the rest of my life here. But if you ask me five years from now, where I'm going to be, I, I don't know. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So all of this to some degree is predicting the future and, and guessing, um, but the odds, I guess what I'm p- taking away is the odds are in your favor when you are invested longer than when you're invested shorter periods of time in something like real estate, which, you know, it reminds me of a saying that I learned uh, when I when I first got into real estate. Time in the market always beats trying to time the market. 
Yep, that's that's uh, we we say that in the financial world as well. You know, t- yeah. time in the market beats timing the market. Yep. Uh, you know, most of the time. Um, so you know, yeah, that's that's the first thing when I'm when I would be talking to someone about is buying a home right for me today. Yeah. The first question is, well, how long are you going to live there? Yeah. Um, and then you know, the next question is, what is your personal situation? Right? Have you done the work? to sit down and figure out how much money is coming in each month, what your expenses are that's going out each month, Mm -hmm. and what's a reasonable amount for you to put towards your housing, Mm -hmm. right? And and that's even before we've gotten into the question of buying or not, right? It's just housing, right? So if you have $3,000 a month to devote to housing expense, that's great to know mm-hmm. whether you're buying or renting, right? Because if you've got $3,000 a month that you can comfortably devote to housing expense, don't go and rent a $4,000 a month house. Right. right. Any more than you should go and rent, go and buy something that's going to cost you $4,000 a month to carry it. That's a great point. Right. Right. Well, I guess, you know, it's funny you say that because, you know, just listening to, you know, your thoughts on when you would recommend and or, you know, discussing those options with your clients and so forth. Uh, let me ask you a question. When, when do you think someone should come to you um, as an advisor, mm-hmm. you know, um, and say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in my career, I'm, I'm gathering stuff. I mean, do you find your clients coming to you after they own homes and, or are you getting a lot of clients that, you know, normally are at that very early stage? I mean, when should someone really consult working with someone like yourself? I guess is what I'm saying. So, I often do wind up working with people who already own their own homes. Um, You know, people tend to look for financial advisors when they have big transitions coming and they want to make sure that they're making a good decision around that transition. Mm -hmm. The obvious one is, you know, someone who's approaching the end of their career and they're getting ready to retire. They want to know, can I afford to retire? Um, I'm sure like, you love people coming say, to you yeah. a year before they're about to retire. Right. So, you know, <laughs> a year before might be a little bit late because yeah. if the answer is no, you can't afford to retire, that leads to you some really difficult conversations, right? right. Yep. So, yeah. you know, so I actually like it when people come to me much earlier in their sure. career so yep. that we can build out a plan that allows them to get to that goal of retirement. And by the way, nobody calls it retirement anymore. Nobody wants to retire. Nobody wants to do what my grandfather, well, I can't say nobody, but the number of people who want to do what my grandfather did and buy a house on the golf course and plan on playing golf every day, you know, from their last day at work until the day they die, uh, it's smaller and it's smaller and smaller every year. Um, a lot of people talk about financial independence, mm-hmm. right? They want to make work optional. Um, they want to work because they like to work and they get meaning out of what it is that they're doing, yeah. not because they have to anymore. Right. I just um, heard a really interesting comment that it's no longer called retirement in many cases. It's a revised or a, was a revi- it was something like a, like a revised retirement or, or deferred retirement type thing. Interesting. Um, yeah, it was, it was really like they were looking at, no one really retires anymore. Well, I, it's, 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 it's a great point. Right. I, I've, I've thought for such a long time, like retirement is just not something that I, I, I equate with 
anything that's going to happen in my future. I'm just going to work differently. Like right. I, I always want to be doing something. Right. Like I want to have some sort that was, of. That's how the conversation kind of went. It was yeah. more about like yeah, doing something different, but not really retiring. You're not really walking away. We don't do that anymore, do we? No, and and by the way, what you no. guys do has a huge impact on when work does become optional yeah. for, for these folks yeah, I'm talking true. to, right? Mm -hmm. Someone who has a $5,000 a month housing expense mm -hmm. needs to bring in a lot more money or have investments that kick off a lot more income than someone who has a $2,000 a month housing expense. Yep. Um, so yes, a lot of people sell their family home that they raise their kids in when it's time to retire to reduce that housing expense. Um, but that's not always such a great plan, right? You know, whether it's the transaction costs or the tax costs or, or the right. whatever it may be, mm -hmm. um, you know, being in the right situation, real estate wise, um, can make retirement, I'll keep using the word because yeah. it's the word everybody <laughs> yeah. understands, of course, you know, a lot easier or a lot harder. Right. Love it. Love it. So, um, you know, let me ask you, let's dive into some of the economical factors. Uh, I am curious to hear what your takes are, because I know what our audience is going to say. I know what my, my, some of my buyer clients would ask you, what about these interest rates? Are they coming down? So I'm not going to make a prediction <laughs> about interest rates. Yep. Um, I tried put you on the spot. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. But look, I'll, I'll tell you with interest rates, rising the way they have and they've gone up quickly yep um it changes things you know for some number of your clients that mm. means houses have become significantly more expensive in a very short period of time what do i mean by that so uh you know let's take a, a what i would consider a standard house a five hundred thousand dollar house that someone's going to buy and they're going to finance that house yep. right so they, they're going to do it with an 80% loan-to-value conventional conforming mortgage. So they put $100,000 down. Yep. They borrow $400,000. Two years ago, when you could get that loan at 3%, that, was, that house was going to cost them $1,686 a month. Mm -hmm. Today, right, interest rate is 6% on that loan, mm -hmm. plus or minus, Um that same mortgage is going to cost them almost $2,400 a month. Yeah, that's a big right? difference. Yep. So throw in a tax payment on top of that. So let's call taxes $600 a month. I'm yep. pulling that number out of thin air, but I don't Probably think it's very unreasonable. Yep. Sure. Um, and then because I'm a planner and I like to plan for things, I've always believed that you should be putting away 1% of the value of a home you own each year for maintenance and improvements. That's a smart okay. decision. Um, yep. If you really want to know if something is affordable or not, you need to be able to afford to, to do that. So that's another $417 a, a month. So two years ago, you could own that home for a net housing expense each month of $2,700. Now that same home is going to cost you a little over $3,400. That's a 25% increase in the monthly cost of maintaining that home. Yeah. So for that client who is financing the home, and let's be realistic, that's going to be a lot of first-time home buyers are going to be financing it that way, if not yeah. even putting less down. The vast right. majority, yep. yep. That mm -hmm. home is significantly less affordable now. Correct. Now right. for the cash buyer... Right. Who doesn't have to finance it. Maybe they're the, the person who's just retired and they sold their family home and they're downsizing into something more affordable. Mm -hmm. The affordability of that home hasn't changed at all. 
that home still costs them $500,000. Right. So again, this is why I say it depends. You really have to get into how is this individual person going to buy that home? Are they financing? Are they a cash buyer? Are they financing a lot of it or is it just a small piece of it? Um, so that's, that's a big change that the interest rates have done. Now, if you, you know, think about the number of buyers who can afford that home has gone down because it's not as affordable. Yep. Okay. Going back to microeconomics, that mm -hmm. means the demand for that home has gone down. Mm -hmm. Um, it might follow academically speaking that the price of that home will go down. Have we started to see some of that? There was a headline in the Wall Street Journal today uh, that home prices have now fallen for uh, the, I forget how many, consecutive month. Um, that all makes sense. Right. But the piece you got to remember is that everybody needs someplace to live. Yeah. Right? There's still great demand out there. There's Everybody <laughs> needs someplace to live. And right. if the cost of carrying that home, owning it, is now $3,400 a month, the question I'm going to ask, and you guys know this better than I do, what is it? What can you rent for that same $3,400 a month? Or more to the point, what can you rent for the $2,700 a month that would have cost you to buy that home two years ago? Yeah. Because you may still be better off yep. buying if you can afford it. Right. 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 Okay. And I think I think that's where, you know, many of our home buyers tend to question, you know, really, where do I... Where do I invest? Right. Where do I begin? And, and I apologize for right. throwing out all these specific numbers. Like, that's no, no, not no. the point. The no. point is right. that no. as the interest rates have changed for right. buyers who are financing their homes, the exact same home at the exact same price is now significantly less affordable. Right. Exactly. And, right. and and that's what a lot of our buyers are facing right now. Mm -hmm. And that's and that's why I think there's a lot of questions on their mind. You know, do I rate for interest rates to come down? Are the home values going to come down um, I've been seeing a lot about uh, home values starting to come down. There's a knob there if you want to tighten it. <laughs> Jesse's microphone keeps falling. Uh, but um, there we go. My, I mean, uh, let me give you the flip side of that, though. Yeah. Because like, so I've on my home. I, I timed things really well. I have a... a of course you did. I have of a, course he did. I mean, could you see him putting his own... I could see the whole spreadsheet going through. And <laughs> So my mortgage, I've got a 30-year mortgage at 2.75%. Oh, Golly. Nice. That's free money. It's 2.75% money, right? Yeah. But yes, that's cheap. Yes. Um, I'm never going to be able to refinance that, right? No. Mm -hmm. right. Now, that's not a problem. I, I like that rate. So someone who buys a home today using a 6% mortgage, they've got an option built into that, right? So if interest rates decline at some point in the future, will they? I have no idea. But if they do, they can always refinance that loan, and now their housing cost is going to go down, mm -hmm. right? So that's an option that they have. That was actually what I wrote down as my next question. You know, what is your take on let's say you lock you know there's a term that i i don't love um in the real estate industry but it's a term that's out there and it's marry the house date the rate right i think it sets people up for you know this uh this this expectation that the interest rates are going to come down and you could just refinance later I don't believe that any of that is a guarantee, but what is your take if somebody does lock in at six and a half and rates do fall back down to four and a quarter? Um, is that an opportunity for them to, you know, put themselves ahead financially for the future? So I'll actually answer the question with a story. 
sure. um, about my parents who bought a co-op on 102nd Street and Riverside Drive in Manhattan okay. um, in the early 1980s. Um, what do you think? Rate, interest rates were really they, high back then, right? I was going to say, but do they still have it? That's the bigger question. So <laughs> didn't, didn't it end in a teen? They they got an 18.5% mortgage. There you oh. go. And they were thrilled to get that mortgage because uh-huh. getting mortgages were not so easy. Wow. Um, Could you imagine? No, I can't. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That was a f- phenomenal transaction for them, yeah. right? Because they got this great apartment. And as the interest rates came down, they refinanced it a number of times, and the uh, the value of that apartment went up. They don't have that apartment uh, anymore, but the equity from that apartment got rolled over into other real estate transactions. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was an opportunity for them, mm-hmm. you know. And, and the flip side, you know, so if you take down a six percent mortgage and interest rates go down, um, you're going to see your housing cost go down as you refinance. Mm-hmm. Um, if you take down a six percent mortgage and interest rates go up. Um, assuming you're in a fixed rate mortgage, your yep. rate's not going to change. Your expense is not going to change. Yep. Um, so you only have upside in that transaction, assuming you, you know, do it at the right size and you can afford it and you're never forced to move. Yeah. And then, you know, the alternative of continuing to rent, um, you know, I'll, I'll ask you guys, do, over time, do rents tend to go up or down? Well, I don't yeah. think I've ever seen rent go down. Nobody's ever said, hey, let me lower that rent for you. You know, it's it's interesting. <laughs> I don't think I've ever thought quite much about that. And uh, I think you're absolutely right. Rents really do not come down. So no, they don't. They, you're always going to be looking at it upside there. Right. They tend to only go up. That was exciting. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you guys didn't know you could play the bass guitar I on your microphone. I didn't know that, yeah. I didn't, but, but you know what we're going to do? We're going to have a jam band session later, that's I for sure. It. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, you know, you've got the option. If you if you finance a home, even if you don't love the rate, you've always got the, the option to refinance it, which might potentially lower your monthly costs. Yep. Um, if you're renting, you can be pretty well assured that your costs are going to go up over time. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's a lot harder to budget, that's for sure. Right. And, and look, Especially you know, term there. A, a portion of your monthly housing cost mm-hmm. is going to be taxes. That's going to go up each year, most likely. Yep. Right. Um, but the majority of your housing cost is going to be the, the mortgage. Fixed. And, yeah. and that's going right. to be fixed once you take down that loan. I, I, I am not, and again, for some people it makes sense. You know, I'm a big fan of the traditional fixed rate mortgage. Yeah. Um, you know, if the only way you can afford a home is by taking an adjustable rate mortgage with a super low teaser rate, I might think very carefully about whether you can actually afford that home um, because that can move against you and then you can get yourself in trouble. We are seeing uh, a lot of lenders promote um, arms and, uh, you know, it, it does make me very concerned. Um, arms are what, you know, amongst other things, what got us into 2008 right i i know there were other you know subprime mortgages and um there were uh you know appraisers were just appraising anything and everything there were no doc loans there was an, an entire mess which you, ninja, you, ninja loans yeah you yeah, <laughs> right you, you, you could probably speak to more uh you you were you were probably a little bit more heavily involved, well, not involved, but uh, aware of what was happening at that time than I was. But um, when I look back and, and know that, you know, adjustable rate mortgages did have a huge impact and, and, and role to play in what, hap- what happened in the collapse in 2008, because getting into a home 
with a teaser rate is great. You can afford it. It's great. And then you don't know what the rate's going to be. And as you just so eloquently described how much of an impact that can have. Now, what if that rate is an 8.2, you know, and you might blindly be walking into an 8.2 interest rate. That could be enough to cripple you. Yeah. uh, Again, you want to know, and we started with this early on, right? The first yeah. question is, how long are you going to be here? Does it even make sense to be thinking about right. buying? The second question is, is this affordable? Yeah. Have you done the work to look at your income and your expenses and your budget to see, is this house that you're thinking about buying affordable? Well, if you finance the house with an adjustable rate mortgage, it may be very affordable for the first five, seven, ten years. You have no idea if it's going to be affordable ten years down the road. Correct. Right. So let me let me throw this at you because and I, and I have had this happen even with myself uh, and and other clients uh, looking to buy a home. They're not paying rent. They're not paying uh, a mortgage right now. They're looking at oh my god, two thousand dollars, twenty five hundred dollars. Like they make enough to afford it, but they can't get their head around being able to afford it. Like they they, they just they don't have enough money every month left over. Um, I know there are financial benefits to holding a, owning a home. You get ind- additional tax write-offs. Like, what would your advice be if if they're clearly qualified? For example, we're working with a client right now that is pre-qualified up to $250,000, which isn't a ton of house anymore, unfortunately. It, it used to be a great house. Now it's barely a starter home. Um, but the thought of spending $150,000, he feels incredibly uncomfortable. He can't afford it. Like he can't figure out how those, you know, to make those payments. Now, obviously if he's a pre-approved up to two four two fifty, no, uh, no, no teaser rate. That's, Hey, you can afford this. Um, what, what advice would you tell him? How would you ask him to look at his finances and say, hey, can you afford it or not? Like, wh- how, what would that conversation look like? Sure. So, and, and I'm going to toot my own horn here for a, a minute, you know. Toot away. Because yeah. I think working with a financial planner who is going to take a look at this person holistically and show them where's the cash coming in each month, where's the cash going out each month, um, what are some scenarios we can run even, right? So what if something goes wrong? Yeah. Um, right. You know, and how does that affect the affordability of this home down the, down the line? Um, working with someone like me to really delve into the numbers, and not only the numbers, but the, the hopes and the dreams and the goals and the why are you doing this? You know, if it's the right move for that person that can really help them get comfortable with it Mm -hmm. um and it it takes work i don't want to say that this is easy and it's expense i don't work for free you know and you know someone who's worried about affording the largest purchase that they've made in their life so far turning around and telling them hey why don't you pay a couple of thousand bucks to a financial planner uh Mm -hmm. so that you can really get comfortable writing this check that you're already (laughs) not comfortable (laughs) writing that's a hard hard. sell like I, i get it right um but i really do think that the benefits of it are tremendous because you know you can understand what this is going to do for the future and you know even more powerfully you can run a scenario of not doing this right okay so mr client don't buy the house and keep renting let's put a reasonable escalation in that rent every year um and let's see what your finances are projected to look like if you don't buy the house and then you can make a decision and make a a decision based on all the data 
Yeah. That's such a great thought because you know it. Uh, it's interesting you say that because I think to myself when I first started buying a house, I had no idea, and I didn't consult with anyone other than my father and my mother and father. You know, certainly when they bought their house, it was only twenty six thousand dollars. Right. You know, I mean, like <laughs> literally, that's what it was when they first bought their house. Their but first that was house. a lot of money back then. That was a lot of money back then, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, I guess I that. Tells you how old I am, I guess, right? As I'm getting there. But, you know, I, I look at that and I think to myself, you're right, that is great advice. And I think, you know, we need to, we need to even say to our customers, you know, where are you financially? And um, sort of guide them yeah. through the process and, and speak to someone like yourself. So it's, a, it's important that you are part of that team, as right. we talked about earlier. And look, you know? the, the mortgage right. pre-approval is not necessarily what I'd hang my hat on, right? So the mortgage company says that you can afford $250,000 house. That's great, right? So yep. now they need to get through underwriting. Yep. Um, and all that pre-approval letter is going to look at is basically what your income is, Yeah. right? Um, does the person have student loans? Do they have, you know, a, a, a child who they're saving for their college or a special needs child that they need to be putting money away for or anything like that? Mm -hmm. All of these are things that are going to affect the affordability, right? So in a vacuum, yeah, the monthly payment might be, you know, 15% of their take-home pay. So, yeah, obviously that person is going to get through underwriting. Yeah. But what are the other expenses they can't give up? And is the underwriter going to consider the contribution to the 401k plan or the retirement plan and the life insurance premium and the property casualty premium and all this? Are they going to consider that to be a necessary expense when they're deciding whether they can be pre-approved or not? Good point. Yep. You know, to me, if you can't afford the insurance premium on a home, you can't afford that home. Yep. So we want to look at that. And once someone sees, you know, oh, look, I, I can afford to make the monthly payment on this. I can afford to insure it. I can afford to be escrowing, not literal escrowing, but I can be, afford to be putting money away for improvements and maintenance. And uh, I've got a little bit of, of room in case something goes wrong. You know, I've got my emergency fund. So right. I've, if I lose my job, I can, you know, I can keep living here for six months before I even need to worry about where the money's going to come from. Yep. Um, that person's going to be a lot more confident writing that check. Right. Now, I, I do think we're probably talking about the first time home buyer here mostly. Once someone's been through the process, they sort of understand what it's like. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I, th I think that's uh, where the most uh, hesitation is right now and, and the most concern is, and, and rightfully so. I mean, headlines are scary. Uh, you know, we're, we're certainly operating in a, a climate that we have never seen before. And, uh, and, and it's volatile, right? It's, it's, you know, a lot of people are wondering, is this the right decision? You know, we, we have so much access to information right now. We're on information overload, right? Everybody's got an opinion and everybody's posting it, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's very hard to get right down to, hey, you know, what's important? And, you know, just to bring it back to the very beginning, uh, I think the very first thing that you said, and I wrote it down and I loved it so much, is why are you buying a house, Right. Like, why are you buying a house? Because I think if you start with why, a lot of the other questions, you know, are a lot easier to answer. You know, we bought our house, my wife and I, after we had our first child, the second one was on the way. We wanted stability. We wanted long term. Uh, we wanted 
um, uh, we wanted to be in control of our destiny and buying a house was the right move. And it was scary as can be. I was paying $500 a month rent. We went from paying $500 a month rent and being broke. We had no money to almost a $2,000 a month mortgage payment. And like, I was in, I was that person that was like, I don't, I don't have an extra $2,000 every, I don't have an extra $1,500 every month. How is this possible? It worked. It worked great. I'm super happy we did it. We made an enormous amount of equity on our home. We eventually sold it and bought a bigger home. We definitely feel it was the right decision looking back, but it was really, really, really scary then. But our why is what drove us, right? We wanted to figure it out because we wanted a place for our kids. We wanted to create memories. We wanted something that was ours. And and, and, and that just kind of paved the way for us. Mike, I, I love that you focused in on the why. Um, I, I talk about this in my practice all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you know, not even talking about real estate, right? So if I am working with clients and I tell them that they need to do something that is going to cause them pain, I don't mean literal physical pain, yeah. but hey, anxiety or right, hey, right. you need to be saving another thousand dollars a month or you're not going to reach your financial goal, right? It's very different if it's ugh. Jesse's telling us we need to save another thousand dollars a month mm-hmm. versus, oh, we know why we need to save another thousand dollars a month. And now now the the impetus for that is coming from the inside of the client rather than from some professional telling them that they need to do it. Sure. So we we spend a lot of time with our clients talking about their why and digging down into that. Um, I use a tool called a financial roadmap to talk about not just financial goals, but values when it comes to money. What are your values? Why, yep. are, you know, why are we having this conversation? Why is it important to you that you plan for the future? Yeah. Right. For some people, it's not important to plan for the future. Great. They're not good clients for me or probably for you guys. Yeah. But for people who it is important to plan for the future, you want to know why so you can help them. It's so important. I think, so in, important. And, and we appreciate that. And certainly you, you certainly bring that value. It sounds like to your customers. Absolutely. I, it. I think it's so important. So, um, yeah, no, I was just, uh, it's funny you speaking of value. I guess it comes from your history, your background. I was reading a little bit about that. I guess you're an EMT for yeah. 30 years. Is that what I'm reading here? So I, I first became an EMT <laughs> in, uh, in 1990. Uh, I took the uh, emergency medical technician class for gym credit at Tufts University. <laughs> Did you really? Year. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I guess I was toying with the idea of being pre-med at the time. Um, and and I, I went to Tufts University for my undergraduate. We had uh, a student-run volunteer ambulance uh, staffed by the graduates of this gym class. That's awesome. Um, and I, I stuck with it. So I actually, when, when we lived on Long Island, I was very active in the fire departments there. Yeah. Uh, I was the lieutenant and the captain of Atlantic Beach Rescue. Uh, I rode out uh, Hurricane Sandy on the barrier island of Atlantic oh, Beach wow. with a team from the uh, Air National Guard. Uh, I was the guy going around door to door in a little rubber raft checking yeah. on people. Um, super, super wow. exciting, super, super interesting experience. Super, super never need to do that again. Thank you right, very much. Right, right, right. Um, so it's, it, that's, that's been, awesome. that's been a really good, you know, it's experience. funny in, in reading that it just, you know, I'm, I'm really struck by the way you uh, approach your business and in learning and listening to you um, from not knowing you before to now, um, I can see that 
being an EMT is 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 more than just it's it's about your your entire personality, your whole background, your your feeling that you know you you do approach your business from that why because you're here to help people, and I think that's amazing. So um, I, have I applaud the, you for that. That's great. Thank you. I, I I have the greatest job in the world because if I'm doing my job well, I am helping people day in day out. I am making their lives easier. I am giving them comfort. I am taking stress off of their shoulders. Yeah and helping them to live the lives that they were meant to live, whatever that means for them. And I imagine it's not that different for you guys too. Yeah, well, no, we, we, I think yeah. we often share that same sentiment, yeah. you know, when, when we're able to help somebody achieve the goal of home ownership, and when we, you know, follow them on Facebook and see, you know, their, their, their children and their birthday parties and the memories in the house that we toured, you know, and yeah, like right, debated and too. stressed about yeah. and like, oh, yeah. you know, and now they're, they're living Living their best life, you know, it's uh, it's it, it's incredibly rewarding. Um, or or even helping people sell, you know, after they sell, and you know, we're seeing pictures retired down in Boca. Yeah. You know, right, it's right. it's awesome. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, we 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 help finance their uh, their dream. You know, and it's and and it's it's really really wonderful. So it's great um, stuff. Yeah, listen, I mean, I, I guess recapping, start with why, right? Do a financial audit. We highly recommend uh, that any one of our listeners um, that are interested in working directly with Jesse reach out. I'm going to have him give contact information to you guys in a moment. But do a financial audit, even if uh, you know you feel like hiring somebody is not in the realm of possible right now. Maybe look at your budget, track your expenses for a month or two, right? Kind of see where your money's coming in, what's going out, what can you shave, what what's important to you, what do you need to do? See what you have. I wrote down here, what do you have for housing expense? Before you even make a decision, before it's even buy or sell, like what can you afford to put towards housing, right? And then start looking at all those different factors. Well, how long are you going to be there? And 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 what's important to you? And, and uh, you know, what if the rates go up or down? What if home values go up or down? How much is that going to impact you in the future? I think it's a lot of great questions that require self-reflection. Um, absolutely fantastic to do it with somebody that can analyze some of these numbers with you, like Jesse. So, yeah, Michael, Jesse. I will say that in any of your listeners, um, I, I offer a, a free initial uh, meeting where we go through uh, what I call the financial roadmap uh, interview. Um, and we talk about your why. We talk about your values, your goals, why it is you're doing this. We You put together a, a fairly basic balance sheet of, mm -hmm. uh, of what the assets are that you have to put towards reaching those goals. Yep. Um, and the only investment required is sharing some confidential financial information with me. So I'm, I'm happy to offer that to any of your listeners great. who want to see what it's like to get started working with someone like me and, and hopefully gain some insight into what it is that they're working towards and trying to accomplish what a what a tremendous benefit i, I think anybody on the fence uh, about their financial future right now would be foolish not to take advantage of that so jesse tell our listeners uh how they can get obviously we're going to include uh contact information in the comments but uh jesse tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you so uh, the office number is 845-265-4300 
Uh, my office is in beautiful Cold Spring, New York. Beautiful um, Cold so Spring. Very nice. Everyone's always welcome to come down and visit us and check out some of the restaurants and, and hikes around Cold Spring. Get some Moo's ice cream while some, you're there. Some Moo's <laughs> ice cream. I'm right across the street from Juanita's Mexican restaurant, uh, too. Uh, what really are we doing this? Great tacos. We should be having this yes. conversation down there. There you go. Um, and you can also check out my website. It's www.lunan-pack.com. It's just my last name.com. And uh, I look forward to... Uh, to Meeting any of your listeners and uh, maybe continuing this conversation again some Absolutely other time. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's look, great to I, have you. I already have at least 15 topics lined up in my head that I'd love to talk to you about uh, <laughs> and pick your brain on. <laughs> and, I so. about, and I have about 15 clients I want to recommend to you and be like, hey, talk to these guys, would you? <laughs> so we'll, we'll definitely have you back. I think this has been fantastic. Um, so now I guess uh, we're yeah. just uh, going to wrap up. Very much appreciate having you with us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Jesse. Bye-bye.